We are in week three of our series, Forgotten God. Uh, and the series is really about us bringing um, to the front who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is, is not just a, a, has a small part in the, uh, the Godhead, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but he ha- has an equal and powerful role um, in our journey. And quite often uh, we understand the Father, we understand the Son, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it can get a bit muddied in our understanding, and, and we can quite often neglect the work and power of the Holy Spirit. So this series is all about uh, unveiling and understanding and walking in the fullness and being led by His Spirit uh, and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, last week we, we shared about how the Holy Spirit enables us. He's got, we've got this amazing calling. God, we, when, you, when, you, when you encounter God, you discover purpose, you discover calling, and uh, you come across this amazing passage in Matthew chapter 28, verse uh, 18, 19, and, and where Jesus says, Go throughout the world, make disciples of, of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey always, and I'll be with you always. And so we've got this great calling. You know, Jesus gives this calling to all of us, and, and our calling is this, is to tell people about him. That's our calling, and we're like, and as a new believer, you're like, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I've got a calling, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to save the world. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to save the world. And then an hour later, you come to realization of how heavy that is, and you realize, I have no idea where to begin. In fact, I still feel like I still need saving, and I've still got some issues and, and mess that I'll need to sort out, and you've called me to do this. And, and this is why Jesus said, look, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm sending you another helper, someone who is just like me in every way. And I know that, I know that, you, that you feel um, that you're struggling right now, but you're not going to do this on your own. This call that I've given you, you're not going to do this on your own. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And if you missed last week, I encourage you to jump online and listen to that part. So this is, we're going into part three, which is to, uh, to be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, a few years, a couple of years ago, um, as I was entering into my 40s, um, I um, entering into my forties, I realized that um, I wasn't in great shape. And um, and if you ever like, when I was growing up, when I was in my teens, you know, you eat whatever, did whatever, and you say, I worry about when I get to my twenties. You get to your twenties, and then you say, I worry about when I get to my thirties. And I got to my thirties, and now I'm closer to forties, and I realized that um, that I need to start doing something now. And I started training, and and I joined the gym. You ever joined the gym before? For the first time, you joined the gym. You walk into the gym, right? And you're looking around. You have no idea what you're doing. But you don't want anybody to know you have no idea what you're doing, right? You want to make it look like you own this place. Like, you know exactly what you're doing. So you jump on, a, jump on, jump on this thing. What, I'm not sure what this does. And oh, hopefully I'm doing it right. And then, so, hey, you want, and goes, oh, maybe I should put some weight on it. Okay. Oh, no, that's too hard. I'll do something else, you know. And you go around and you're trying different things, you know. The machines do this. And you have no idea what you're doing, right? But you're trying to make it look like you know what you're doing. And that, that was my kind of journey. And I kind of... Did my way, uh, a babble my way around there. But um, beginning of this year, um, uh, Tams, or Tami Aho, sitting over there, he does a kapahaka. And he said, look, I'll, I'll come along and give you a bit of hand. So this year he's been training with me, and man, my, and it's taking me to another level. And I'm like, man, what I feel like, because when I train, I'm a lazy trainer. Any lazy trainers out there? Right? Like, you're training away, training away. Yeah, that's enough. And you walk away. And you pick up another weight. That's enough. Okay. <laughs> and do something else, and that's enough. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. And, and you're like, I've only been here for five minutes. That's enough. You know, you know how long it took me to walk here from my car? Oh, it took me ages. And so, um, so with, with Tom, he's, uh, 
he's kind of like, uh, we, we're, we're, we're like, I'm like sweating away and goes, man, what a, this is a heavy workout. And he's going, great, now we've done the warm-up. <laughs> I'm like, the warm-up? <laughs> and so uh, I'm doing something, goes, man, that was hard. And he goes, oh, let's put some more weight on. Put some more weight on. And then I'm like, nigga, that's the face I want to see. And I'm like, okay, I should do the face earlier. <laughs> do the face earlier, you know, and uh, or I feel like I'm in a place where I'm comfortable. And, and he's like, you're comfortable. Let's, let's make you uncomfortable. Because we all want to be comfortable. But it's all about making uncomfortable. Anyway, we did this... <clears throat> We did this working set. Well, we did a warm-up, which took forever. And then we did a working set of the same exercise. And, uh, and I, just, I just follow. I follow because I, I trust that he has my best interest in mind. That he, even though I don't have, I think I have my best interest in mind, but quite often I don't. I go to the gym, I'm oh, this is my best interest in mind, but I don't work to my full potential. So really, I don't have my best interest in mind. If we're true about ourselves, when it comes to decisions we make in life, we think we have our best interest in mind, but we find ourselves digging ourselves a bigger, a bigger, bigger hole, and because we realize, actually, my decisions I've made haven't been for my best interest. And so, um, so, um, so at times, so we did this working scene, we got to this point, and we lifted, and it got me lifting these, with these dumbbells, and you lie down on this bench, and, and you've got to push it up, like this. I think you push it away. Wait, get the right technique, technique, right? Okay. Um, and, um, but the amazing thing was, he got me to a level that I didn't realize I was at, and it just blew me away. In fact, I got a little footage of this. The reason I chose this footage is because, because I, I kind of failed. So, um, so anyway, take a look at this, this footage. This is, this is him working me hard. And... <laughs> Okay, so that's me. Three, you see the, the other boys are just sitting there watching. Good work four, there, Samuel and Jordan. So, this is after uh, a seven. big workout. And here we go. That's, that was my ninth one. Breathe, breathe. Almost failing, almost failing, and I did uh, nice Great job. And uh, what's funny. What's funny is that um, Thomas goes to the, to the bathroom and one of the guys in the gym comes and says, hey, if you want, escape now and I tell him you have to leave. Okay? <laughs> escape now and I tell him you have to leave. Because um, what, what I didn't realize that these weights that, that, that were, that were, I just trusted him. Okay? I just trusted him. And he goes, yeah, okay, okay. Here you go. These are your weights. Okay. So I picked it up. I should have noticed that it was, I couldn't even hold it. And I lay back. There were 40 kg dumbbells. 40 kg dumbbells. I had no idea I was doing that. And uh, no wonder I was like, I felt like giving up. Seriously, when that last one, I felt like stopping. I think I can't do it. I can't lift this thing anymore. What? Well, I should just give up. But then I just remember this. I just this, this voice of, of because I seen Tom's do it. Because Tom's did this. He he is my best interest of mine, and he won't let me do. He won't give me to do anything that he knows that I can't do. And I just keep pushing, keep pushing, and I got that bad boy up, and then I dropped it. <laughs> I dropped it, and uh, and uh, but but he, but the point I want to make is that we all want to be led. By, by someone who has our best interest in mind. And let me tell you, there's, there's, there is no one like the Holy Spirit who has your best yeah. interest in mind. Who has your best interest in mind when, when you don't have your best interest in mind. And, and, and when we allow the Holy Spirit to begin to lead us, because He's not going to let you do anything that you cannot handle. You, you feel like that you can't, it's getting heavy, you can't, and you feel like you're under the weight, and, you, and you're about to give up, and, 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 and you just want to drop, but you just keep going, and you almost feel like failing, but you just get through, and you drop, and you just feel weakness. Let me tell you something, in your weakness, you find strength. 
Because he, in, their, in their weakness of failing, of almost failing and, and failing, I was, I was getting stronger. Even though I felt like I'm getting weak, but in our weaknesses we get strong. And let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to begin to uh, lead you into a place, into a, a realm where you feel uncomfortable, where you feel like you can't lift anymore, where you feel like you cannot stand anymore. But in the process, he, the Holy Spirit wants to make you, makes you stronger, and, and He's not going to get you to do anything that you cannot handle and you cannot do. Amen? Because one of the biggest issues we have with being led by the Holy Spirit is something called control. Control. That I want control of my life. That I'm going to control this area. And I don't trust. And when we say, well, great, Holy Spirit, you want me to do this, but no, I'm not going to do that because I want control. What we're really saying is this, I don't trust you enough. I don't trust you enough, so I still want to control this part of my life. I'm not going to allow you to lead me in, uh, lead me in this direction because I don't trust you enough. Um, and so when you're working with somebody like in the, in the gym, it's trusting somebody enough to lead you somewhere. And it's with the Holy Spirit. Do we trust, do we trust the Holy Spirit enough to let go of control? Because as a nation, as, a, as, a, as, a New Zealand, as New Zealanders, uh, on one part of the world separate from everybody else, we, we, as Kiwis, we quite often say, you can't tell me what to do. That I want control. I like controlling my world. In fact, you tell me I'm going to do something, I'm going to fold my arms and say, no, I'm not going to do that because I want control. And so this message here is all about saying, okay, God, I'm letting go and letting you in my life. And le- I want to be led by your spirit. Uh, and so, amen. Are you ready to get into the first verse? If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 4, verse 12. Just a sign for natural control equals supernatural limitation. Natural control equals supernatural limitation is when you want to control everything, that's controlling everything in your natural. Okay, I want to control these areas, but it's when you let go, when you feel like, when you feel like if I let go, I'm going to lose everything. But it's letting go and, and allowing God to move supernatural in your life. John 14 verse 12. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, and this word believes is, is, is the same kind of word as for trust in me, who has confidence in me, um, that, 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 that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to limit my control and inc- increase your control of my life. I'm going to let go and let you. So when Jesus says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, whoever lets go and lets go of control and allows me to take the wheel, whoever believes in me will do the works I, I, am, I have been doing, and there will be even greater things than these because I am going to, to the Father. John 14, 16 to 17 says this, and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate, and he will help you, and he will help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. And, and so I love the word last week. We looked at the word another in Greek, and there's two Greek words for another. There's alos. Alos means uh, uh, another of the same kind, another like uh, same in character, the same in, par- uh, in power, the same, uh, the same in um, like, almost like a duplicate of the other. That's what alos means, another. And then the other Greek word for another is heteros. Heteros, which is where we get the word uh, heterosexual, heterosexual, if you want to put it uh, like that. And that means of the opposite kind, of a different kind, the opposite sex of a different kind. And that, but the Greek word that Jesus uses is alos, of the same kind. He said, I'm going to give you another helper. I'm going to, there's someone who's going to come who's going to be exactly like me. He's going to be exactly like me in power. He's going to be exactly like me in character. He's going to be exactly like me. And, and, and he's going to be with you, and he's, going to, and he's going to be the spirit of truth. And he's going to be with you forever, forever. Not for a season, not for time, but with you forever. 
And then he goes on. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and, and will be in you. See, the world cannot accept him because they neither see him nor know him. And see, that's tragic. It's, tra- it's tragic that the world doesn't see him. It's tragic that the world doesn't even know him. But you know what's even more tragic than that? Is that there are people in the church who don't see him. There's people in, 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 in the church that don't know him. Did you, did you seek the Holy Spirit this morning? Did you seek the Holy Spirit this morning? Did you seek the Holy Spirit this week? When you're about to make this decision, whatever decision you're going to make, did you seek the Holy Spirit? When you're, when, you're, when, when, when you're in your weakness, did you seek the Holy Spirit? When you're about to do something where you're going to be strong, did you seek the Holy Spirit? Are we people that seek the Holy Spirit? Are we people that, that are led by the Holy Spirit? John 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. And so Jesus is saying that it's to your advantage that I go away. Because Jesus was limited. He, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. And as fully man, he was limited to one place, one location, uh, at one time. So I said, it's to your advantage that I go away, because there's someone who's coming, who's coming in power just like me. There's someone who's, who's coming in, with this, in character just like me, but he is spirit, meaning that he's going to be in every believer everywhere around the world, that he's not going to be limited to a location or, uh, or to an area or to a different, or just to one group of people, but he's going to be available to every believer. That is why it is your advantage that I go. Let me ask the question, are you living in your advantage right now? Are you living in your advantage? See, the modern day Christians, we package God as feelings, right? We package them as feelings. Well, just as long as I feel God, it's okay. Whatever I'm doing right now, just as long as I feel God, it's okay. Just as long as I, as I, um, I feel God, I don't need to go to church. Just as long as I can feel Him, I don't need to go to church. That's okay. Just as long as I feel Him, it's okay. And if I say that to my wife, I say, well, just as long as I feel that I love you, it's okay. I don't have to show you I love you. In fact, I don't have to see you to tell you how much I love you. Just as long as I feel that I love you, that's, that's worth more than, because what's worth more is how I feel. If I began to operate like that with my wife, uh, let me tell you what, I'll, be, I'll understand the meaning of the couch. She'll be like, can you feel the couch? <laughs> can you feel that couch? I, go, I can feel the couch, okay. See, see our relationship is not based upon feelings. I don't lift my hands because I, uh, I'm not lifting my hands because I don't feel like it right now. I don't feel like I'm the truth. There's been, and there's been turmoil going on in my life right now. I don't feel like going to church, but my faith is not based upon my feeling, but of the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to come to church this Sunday. I don't feel like jumping up and down, but Lord, I'm going to lift up my hands and give you glory in my situation right now because you're far greater than my situation, than, my, than what I see. So I'm not going to live in the natural. I'm going to live, live in the supernatural. I'm not going to let the natural hold back the limitation to the supernatural of what you're doing in my life because my, my faith is not based upon feelings. So today, this morning, we're going to look at seven ways of how we can be led by the Holy Spirit. And number one is this. We can be led by the Holy Spirit through obedience. John 14, verse 15 to 16, great word, obedience. If you love me, obey my commands, my commandments, obey. Jesus doesn't say, look, if you love me, here's a suggestion for you. It's a great suggestion. Do it if you feel like it. If you love me, obey my commandments. That's only if you love me. Does anybody love Jesus here this morning? 
Come on. And I will ask the Father and He'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. So you can be a believer, but not be obedient to the nudging of the Holy Spirit. I can believe, God, I can believe in God, but I can be disobedient. God, God said, oh, you shouldn't be doing this right now. Yeah, oh, well, I don't, maybe later, Holy Spirit. See, we can, be, we can be a believer, but we can be not obedient. See, obedience unlocks the favor of God in our lives. Number two, through the illumination of God's Word, we can be led by His Spirit through the illumination of God's Word. The illumination, it's, it's allowing the Word of God to begin to speak to you, to illuminate, to, to shine a light upon something that, that you're going through, um, that you're struggling with. You know, um, one of my first ministries in this church when, um, years ago was I, I led 180, the junior high program, um, the intermediate in the first two years of high school program. And for two years, I would, would, would go up to an upstairs room and I would begin to teach the, um, the young people the Word of God. And, and, and my, my goal was this, is that your young people know the Bible more than, than the parents. I really I said, I want you to go back and I want you to teach them. I asked them, do you know who Melchizedek is? Do you know that he was king and priest? Do you know what king and priest means? That he was a king of righteousness and he was also a king of peace. Melchizedek, you know, did you know that? You know, so I want, this is my goal for these young people. Um, but anyway, a year and a half later, I was walking in this passageway on the other side of this wall, and somebody stopped me, and they go, you know what, You're being, you haven't, I haven't seen you in church this whole time, because, yeah, now that's because I've been upstairs with the, with the, with the kids, we've been, we're getting into the Word of God. And, and they said, well, aren't you afraid that you're not being fed? Aren't you afraid you're not being fed? And, and for those, if you're not... If, you don't, if you're not familiar with Christian jargon, what they mean by that is being fed by the Word of God. Is, is it, the, the sermon you hear from the preacher is that you're being fed. And, and as quick as a flash, my reply to this person was, oh, I ate before I came. And I wasn't joking around like oh, I had food before I came. What I meant is that I, I, I'm not so good, I, I fed myself. Um, let us not be believers that the only time you, you are fed is on a Sunday morning. Let us not, not be believers that the only time that, that, that you hear from the Word of God is when the preacher speaks. But let us be believers that, that love the Word of God, that opens up the Word of God daily and learns to feed, learn to feed ourselves and asking God, God and, and asking and, and talking to the Holy Spirit, please illuminate. I'm struggling right now. Uh, 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 let, let, your script, let your words illuminate. Let, let the words jump out at me. And let it begin to transform our life. Let us be believers who love the Word of God, who seek the, the Word of God day and night, um, who meditate on, on His Word, who, who doesn't just, just wait to, uh, to jump on, uh, um, on a podcast or YouTube and listen to some speaker speaking on the other side of the world to get illuminated from His Word of God. Let us not just wait for Wednesday night connect group to begin, begin to illuminate. If my faith is only built upon what I hear on a Sunday and what I hear at a connect group, there's something wrong with it. Because my faith is meant to grow. And if I'm not reading and eating and learning to grow on my own, there's something wrong with my faith. And, I, and I'm not being led by the Holy Spirit. And I say, Holy Spirit, let me, let me. When you hear me speak on a, on a Sunday morning, don't just take my word and say, okay, whatever the pastor said. I want you to go home, open up the scriptures, and begin to search the scriptures daily to see what was spoken was true. Be like the Bereans in, in the book of Acts who searched the scriptures daily to see what was, being, what was preached was true. Uh, let us be... Let us be um, be people that, that, that our faith is built upon the Word of God. You know, some people might say the Word is irrelevant, but I'm sorry, but it's, it's relevant to me. Yeah. That my faith is based upon the Word of God, the, 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 the God-breathed, in, um, in fact, uh, 
2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says this. All scripture is God-breathed. It's the Ruach. The Ruach, the, uh, the, 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 Hebrews, the Hebrew word for spirit is Ruach. And it's also the same word they used for breath was Ruach. And, and, and it was their way of, of trying to explain something they didn't quite fully comprehend, but yet they couldn't deny. They couldn't tangibly hold it in their hands, but without it they couldn't live. The Ruach, the breath. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want to be equipped for good work? It begins with the illumination of his word. And, and what's amazing, uh, let us not be people who just live off, off of prophetic utterance or prof- prophetic word. If the prophetic word you hear, someone says, oh, I've got this word from God, or the angel of the Lord spoke to me. If it, if it contradicts the word of God, it's not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will never contradict his word. Holy Spirit will never con- uh, contradict, do you know the only offensive weapon in the armor of God, the book of Ephesians, yeah, we've got the helmet of, of salvation, we've got the breastplate of righteousness, we've got the belt of truth, we've got the shield of faith, we've got the shoe or, shoes of readiness. But the only offensive weaponry is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The only offensive weaponry is our word. And when someone brings, oh, you know, when the angel, if an angel of the Lord comes to you and says, oh, look, uh, the angel spoke to me and said, I've got to, I need to leave my wife so I can be with this person. That's what the angel of the Lord says. Well, if you open up in, in, in light and illumination of his word, then you say, well, I'll come against that spirit because that's not, that's not what my Bible tells me. And if any spirit tells you that uh, doesn't, doesn't uh, testify to the lordship and divinity of Jesus, this is when we say, look, I'll, I'll come against that spirit because this is what my word says. So if, we, if we're going to be Christians or Jesus followers who are led by the Spirit, we need, to, we, need, we need to be reading the Word of God through the illumination of His Word. And number three is this, through devotion and prayer. If you are struggling in what area of your life, if you're struggling, one of the most simple things you can do, it's simple, but the problem is most believers don't do it because it's too simple. <laughs> and that is to pray. If life gets... If life gets too hard for you to stand, then kneel. Then kneel. See, if you can kneel before God, you can stand before anyone. When we're on, on our knees, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35 to 37, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He didn't go off to play Xbox. He didn't go off to play Fortnite. He went and prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. See, Jesus was deep in ministry. It was busy. Sometimes we can get, you ever get busy in life? You, oh, I'm too busy to pray. See, Jesus was so busy that, he, uh, that it was so important that he had to stop and pray. He had to pull himself away from the crowd and go to a solitary place and get on his knees before, before his father and begin to connect spirit to spirit. When you're, no matter, uh, let me tell you, no matter what you're going through, no matter how, where your struggles are, the most powerful thing you can do is not come here on a Sunday uh, morning, is, uh, uh, even though I want you to, is not to... Um, the most powerful thing is not just reading the Word of God. The, uh, the most powerful thing you can do is get on your knees before uh, the Creator. Say, Lord, I, 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 I'm coming before you. See, there's power in prayer. 
There is power in prayer. Be led by His Spirit. There's power in prayer. Number four. To be led by His Spirit through godly counsel. Through godly counsel. See, are we willing to be, are we willing to, um, to submit to godly counsel? Are we, are we willing to s- submit to, to, to someone who's going to um, say something to you that, that, that uh, you don't agree with? Are, you, are we willing? That's pretty hard. And, and, and what I love in Scripture, when we go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it says this, Obey your spiritual leaders. Oh, sorry, uh, Hebrews 3, 13, verse 7. Remember your leaders who taught you the Word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. See, the writer of Hebrews is saying this. When you're looking for godly counsel, you take a look at their life. You take a look at how God has come through and, and have broken through in their life. Quite often, we, uh, we want to look for um, the superstar preachers. Or we want to look for the, ho- the, um, the, the Hollywood stars. And, we want, and, and, and sitting in our church, there are, there are godly counsel that with, with wisdom and, and uh, who, have, who have been through things that, 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 that we're missing out on, on the riches that God has put before us. And they're, they're not, I mean, quite often their hair isn't as dark as it used to be. Okay, and, um, so, and so these are the people that, that, they, that we should really get our, our rub shoulders with and, and they say, look, can, can, can you be, um, be my mentor? Can I, can I begin to ask advice from you? Because uh, they've been through some things, and when you look through some of their lives, they've been through um, the stuff, that pressure that's come on them where, where, where anybody else would have crumbled, but they stood firm because their faith was based upon the Word of God. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Now, um, if you want to be a leader, you've got to be accountable to God. Anybody want to be accountable to God? It's, leadership, isn't, leadership isn't, oh, great, you know, I've got people that can, I can, um, they can serve me. No, it's the other way. I'm here to serve because I'm accountable. I'm accountable. You want to be in leadership? You've got to be accountable for God. Give them reason to, to, do, to do this with joy and not with sorrow. Someone, so let's, let me read that again. Give them reason to do this with joy. And not with sorrow, as the word says, that would certainly not be for your benefit. And so, I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about me, okay? I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about uh, uh, finding godly counsel. Um, it could be a connect group leader, so don't everybody call me tomorrow. Okay? I'm not talk, that's not what I'm talking about, Okay? I'm not talking about, but look for uh, uh, connect group leaders, life group leaders, people that, 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 that you respect and honor, that have spoken into your lives. These are people that, uh, that we should allow, allow to speak into our life, um, who, who, who you can tell uh, who you've seen uh, in their own life where they've overcome. See, let's not be people that, uh, that I'm only going to listen to you only if you agree with what I'm going to say. Yeah. Are you willing to, to come on the godly counsel even when it disagrees. Sometimes people say, oh, I believe God said this to me. Oh, man, that's really good. I can't really argue what God said, but I'm getting a sense in my spirit. This is where I'm feeling it is going, but it's up to you. See, it's, it's your choice. End of the day, it's you make the decision. 
I still, for me, my pastor is Pastor Bob Lawson, who, used, who was a senior pastor here a few years back, 14, a few years back. He's my, he's my senior pastor. I still ring him today for godly advice, for godly counsel. And he gives me advice. And, and, uh, but it's still my choice to listen to his advice or not. If, if I listen to it and it goes pear-shaped, I'm not going to blame Pastor Bob. Oh, Pastor Bob, it's your fault. You know, it is, it, is, it is counsel. That's what it is. And I trust them. And, and as a church, uh, as a senior pastor, we have an eldership that I listen to their counsel, to our eldership and, and what they say and, and make decisions. So, so even I submit and I listen to godly counsel because we can't do this on our own. God puts people around us and put, puts people around you to listen to godly advice. And this is what happens. And, and, let us, and, we, and when we have issues coming up in our lives, let's set up godly count, uh, counsel before issues happen. But let's not have like, you know what, um, these different issues, and I will speak to you about this issue, you about this issue, because I, I want to talk to people that will agree with me on these issues. Because if I speak to you about this issue I'm going with, you might disagree, so I'm going to go here. Let's not just pick and choose who I'm going to listen to, just so that, um, that just so I just want to hear what I want to hear. Godly counsel. Are we willing to submit to godly counsel, being led by a spirit? Number five is this, the comforter. See, um, the word helper, when Jesus used the word, I will give you another helper, uh, depending on your translation, it can be also, it's sometimes it's, it's translated as comforter instead of helper. And because the, uh, because the word can be used as, as, as comforter or counselor. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, uh, if you've got a King James Version, this is just for you, those who, who, are, who believe that King James is the one, the authorized, the truly authorized version, the King James. Um, so King James, John chapter 14, verse 16 says this, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The authorized version. Right there. Do you know why one of the names of the Holy Spirit is comforter? Because sometimes... We're going to need some comforting. Because God calls, when he calls us, he calls us to be uncomfortable. What the enemy does, one of the, what the enemy does is that he causes us to be comfortable. He causes us to be in a place where, look, I'm too comfortable that I don't really want to do anything. Like if I'm about to watch a rugby game and I'm getting ready in my favorite chair, you know, we all got a favorite chair we watch a game on, Right? Got my, my chairs all set up, facing the TV, got the angle right, and it's all there. And I've got my, got my, uh, my fizzy drink, because I'm a Christian, and I've got, my, <laughs> I've got my popcorn, or chips, or whatever. Oh, sorry, I've got my carrot sticks, <laughs> and my water, my bottled water, and I've got to watch the game. And I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. I'm watching the game as the Warriors are taking on the Dragons. I'm like, I'm comfortable, Right? All the chooks. No, anyway, I'm comfortable. And, and then my wife goes to me, hey, Ants, could you take out the rubbish? What am I going to say? I'm going to say, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. I'm going to say, I'm taking out the rubbish. I'm comfortable. I'm in my chair. It's soft. I'm comfortable. I'm not going to take out the rubbish. See, one of the biggest ways that anyway gets us to stop us from walking into our potential or walking into God's calling for your life is make us comfortable. Then I'm going to sit back. I'm in a comfortable place. And the Holy Spirit begins to nudge. And he says, oh, hey, you know, you, you, um, 
you've been blessed to be a blessing. Why don't you be part of the serving team and, and, and begin to bless? And they go, no, I'm comfortable where I am right now. I'm comfortable. I'm like, I ain't getting, being part of any group. Or, oh, hey, you know what? Why don't you be, why don't you be part of join a connect group so you can build relationships, get deeper into my word. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable where I am. That's the same night as Shortland Street. And no, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable where I am. See, here's the problem. If you stay in your comfort, if you stay on that couch too long, you will never know the comforter. You will never know the comforter because you don't need comforting. You will never know the leading of the Holy Spirit because you're comfortable. You will never know the comforter. And for me, that's tragic. That's tragic. You will never know the comforter. It's time to get uncomfortable. That I'm going to... I'm going to begin to lift that weight that is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Are you comfortable with that? Let's put some more weight on there. Because uh, uh, if I'm uncomfortable, that's when you need the comforter. You can do this. Come on. My hand upon your hand. Let's do this. We've got this. You're not alone here. Come on. Come on. When, 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 you're, when, when, you're, when you're weak, I'm strong. Come on. Come on. You've got this. Let's get, out of your, let's get out of the comfort zone. Is anybody in the comfort zone right now? Do you, do you need a comforter? Because if you're in the comfort zone, you don't need a comforter. You don't, need to be, you don't need to be led by the Spirit. Number six is this. Spirit of truth. The Spirit of truth. To be led by the Spirit is to be led by the Spirit of truth. See, many people in this world, even Christians, we spend a lot of time looking for the truth through spiritual mediums through astrology, through tarot cards, or, or through star signs, and go, oh, oh let's, let's read what the, what's, what's in the Women's Weekly for, for your star signs. We, we look for, trying to look for all these, the, we're trying to find out what the truth is, and the truth, and the truth gets blurred, and, and, and we, don't, we just don't understand it, and, and truth changes. And, and In fact, people, people say, well, you know, truth is relative. You know, what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. Truth is relative. The truth, truth is what, whatever society says right now, that's the truth. That's the truth. That, whatever society says, that's the truth. And, and if, we, if, we, if we allow society to speak into what truth is, we lose sight of what the truth is. It begins to, to shake doctrine. Oh, oh, well, the Word of God used to say this. Oh, no, society says that's okay. Oh, is it? Oh, is, is it okay? So let's walk, let's, let's, let's walk away what the Bible says. And, oh, because society says okay, so it must be okay. When we, when, we, when we walk away from truth. John 16, 13 to 14 says this. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, who will guide you into all the truth, all the truth, he will not speak on his, on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you that you'll know all truth. And when I first became a Christian, all those years ago, I was 17 going on 18. Just a young fella, whippersnapper. Lots of hair, a big afro like this. No, okay, I didn't have <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I remember um, I was week, a week, into, I got saved on a Wednesday, the following Wednesday, so I missed Shortland Street that, that day. So the following Wednesday, I went back to youth group, and I was walking home with my mate, and I always had this big question because, like, you know, I'm still learning. I'm a new Christian. I'm a baby. And I was like, I, what I don't get is, um, why do we worship Jesus? And what about God? I kind of feel sorry for him because we, we should be worshiping God, but we're worshiping Jesus. And, and my mate, he said, oh, that's easy. Jesus and God, they're the same. 
And I was like, and like a light bulb came on, like something testified in my spirit and said, that's the truth. And I was going, that makes sense. I get that. And there was no theological scripture. My mate didn't pull out the Bible. Well, you know, this is when we look through the, uh, what's called the Trinity in the Old Testament, and, we can, and it's concealed there, but it's kind of revealed in the New Testament. And as you, as you look at these words in Hebrew, there was none of that. It was like, yeah, they're the same. Sweet. All good. We got this. And that was Wednesday, Friday. Sorry, Saturday morning. And I get a knock on my door, and it's these guys, they're, they're, um, they're, knock, they're door knockers, okay? Door knockers. They open up the door, and and they say, hey, look, we're offering free Bible studies. I'm like, yeah, I love a free Bible study. I'm, 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 I'm a new Christian. I'm hungry. I want the word of God. Yeah, I love it. And they go, oh, so uh, what church do you go to? They go, oh, I don't actually go to a church. I just go to a youth group. And, well, I just started. And they go, oh, what do they believe? Oh, they believe in God. They believe in Jesus. That's as far as I know. But hey, <laughs> that's what I want to do this Bible study. And he goes, oh, do they believe in the Trinity? And I was like, the tr- what? The Trinity, and I was going, oh, I don't know what that is. I've never heard that before. This is a, this, I'm a new, okay? I'm a baby. And they go, well, this is what the Trinity is. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And, and these three persons are one. And I was like, my, my spirit jumped up inside of me. I go, yes, I believe in the Trinity. So I learned the Trinity from these guys knocking on my door. <laughs> yes, I believe that. And then they said, that's wrong. And I was like... And inside of me, it was like, I felt this. Dun, dun. Honestly, that's what I felt like. Like X Factor. Dun, dun. It was three X's. Dun, 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 dun. It was like the Trinity of the X's. Dun, 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 dun. Just going on. Yeah, there was no golden. Anyway, it was gone. It was over. And I was like, and I, and I, was, and I knew there's something. See, it was a feeling I had in my gut. I knew, and it wasn't I was hungry. That's normally the only thing I feel in my gut was I'm hungry. But I, I wasn't hungry. I knew something was wrong here. And, and so, um, and, I, and I know, and then they began to explain to me why the Trinity doesn't make sense. He said, well, I'm a father, and I go home, and I see my son, and I walk in through the door, and I see my son. How can I be my son? How can my son be me at the same time? It doesn't make sense. This was their argument, and they threw it over to me for my reply. You know, this, this young guy has just been a Christian for half a second. And, and this is how I know the Holy Spirit is real is because I began to say things, words coming out of my mouth that I have no idea where it came. I'm just 17, turning 18. I, I, I know nothing, okay? I think I know everything, but I know nothing. <laughs> and I said to I said, can, this, is what I said uh, this is the question I asked them, can God do anything? And they go, yes, God can do anything. So therefore, God can be God the Father, Father God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, <laughs> be three persons and be one. Because if God can do anything, can he do that? And I go, but it's wrong. <laughs> I was like, and then so, and I said, I said, look, this is, I said, this is your issue. Your issue is that you're putting God in a box and in, in human. You're only thinking of God in human terms. God, God is far greater than your limitation in your box. And I said, look, thank you, thank you so much for your Bible study. But I think I'll be fine. Thank you so much. And I closed the door and I said, have a great day. And, uh, and that's the spirit of truth. When you allow the spirit of truth begin to begin to uh, get into your. Spirit, when, when, you, when, you, when you allow the spirit, uh, spirit of truth to lead you, there's nudging of the spirit. That, uh, it, when something comes your way, you know something's not right. Something's, something's, not, something's off. The Holy Spirit begins to nudge you and begin to investigate, investigate that further. Be led by the spirit of truth. And someone might say to you, there's no such thing, there's no such thing as absolute truth. My, my reply will be, are you absolutely sure? 
because uh, it's almost like an oxymoron. It's like it, it, it contradicts itself. By saying there's no, such thing as an, there's no such thing as absolutely truth, you're making an absolute statement. It doesn't make sense. There, you can't say there's no such thing as absolute truth. Because let me tell you, friends, there is absolute truth, and it's found in the Word of God. Number seven. To be led by the Holy Spirit, He leads us through the conviction of sin. John 14, 16, verse 8, said this. And when He comes, He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. When He comes, He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of its coming judgment. See, when you're led by, when you're led by a spirit, there's this ongoing cycle in your life, and it will continue. It will continue right through till you meet him face to face. And the Holy Spirit gets into your life and begins to break down areas of your life. Areas of life you're doing something and it's not quite right. That wasn't right. And the Holy Spirit begins to nudge you. He says, Look, you need to come on. Don't allow that into your life. You need to, and he breaks it down. And, and when you, and this breakdown happens, and then you get breakthrough, you experience breakthrough. And, and, then, and when you allow the Holy Spirit to begin to, to come into your life, things start to happen. And, 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 and all of a sudden, there's breakdown. He brings breakdown in your finances. Brings breakdown in your finances. And then there's breakthrough. He brings breakdown in your marriage. And then there's breakthrough. He brings breakdown in your sexuality. And then there's breakthrough. And there's a cycle that keeps going. And, and it keeps nudging. And, and the things that you were doing before, he begins to nudge, nudge at your spirit. And he says, look, come on. You can't do that anymore. Come on, someone begins speaking about other people. No, 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 you don't do that anymore. You don't speak about other people anymore. That's, no, 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 you need to stop. You, you, when you, when you, the, uh, the thoughts of, of um, you know, you, you, you can't stand a certain person and I can't stand them. Then the Holy Spirit begins to nudge you and say, no, 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 let's break that down. Let's break that down. Come on, you need breakthrough in that relationship with that person. But you don't understand what they've done to me. Come on, you need breakthrough. You need breakthrough. And, there, and, 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 and it's hard. It's hard. Breakthrough is hard. You know, um, this year, this year we, we made this declaration. This declaration that 2018 is the year of breakthrough. 2017, man, that was a hard year. 2018, breakthrough. Wow, what a year. Hasn't it been good? And for some, and, and some of you, yeah, but it's, some, it's been a great year. But for others, you know, like I'm waiting for this breakthrough. I thought this is a year of breakthrough. I, I had people ask me that question. I thought this was going to be a year of breakthrough. You know, I've lost my father. My, my, um, my husband just has lost his, his mother two weeks of each other. You know, or, you know my wife, Porter, has been in the hospital. I'm sick and tired of hospital then. And, and, and these things happening to your children, and, and, then, and then you're with your friends, and things are going on in their lives, and you're crying with them, and, and you're going, Lord, Lord, what's, what's going on with this breakthrough? And I asked God that question, God, I thought this was supposed to be a year of breakthrough. And, he, and I remember him asking, look, before breakthrough, there's breakdown. You get, see, you, you don't realize what you asked for. You asked for, for 2018 for a year of breakthrough. You had no idea what you're asking for. But before breakthrough, there's breakdown. Some of us are right now, you feel like you're in breakdown right now. 
all you see around you is breakdown. You know, I, I early on this weekend, you know, God gave me a word for someone in both these services, morning service and the service here, the 10.30 service. And, 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 the, and, and it came out of a conversation, the Holy Spirit really nudged me, and, and the and word was, was this, is that, that all you see before you is this thick bush, and, and, you, and, you, and there's no breakthrough, and you try, every time you go forward, you, be, you, get a push, you get pushed back, no matter how hard you try, and, and, and so you, you go to God, and, and the Holy Spirit gives you a bush knife. Okay, you, want, you want breakthrough? Here's a bush knife, and you're like, well, how about a pathway? <laughs> I was thinking a pathway. And he goes, no, he, and he gives you a bush knife. So, okay, I'm in this. My breakthrough? So you begin to, and I feel like you, 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 you ever feel like that? You, Lord, I want, a, I want a break, I want a pathway, and he gives you a bush knife. And so you, you're just cutting, and it's hard, it's hard work cutting, cutting through this bush, and, and you feel like you want to give up. Because you feel like every time you cut, another thing grows, and you cut that, nothing grows. And you feel like you're going nowhere, and you just keep going, you keep going. You're tired, you're exhausted. You want to give up. You just want to stop and, and just pull back. But, but the Holy Spirit knows something about you that you don't know. He has your best interest in mind, and you just keep going. You keep cutting through, and it's hard, and you get through, and there's a breakthrough. You get your breakthrough. And he said, well, it was hard work. Well, when I was weak, I'm being made strong. And the Holy Spirit really felt a nudge in my spirit, and they said, said, turn around. And, and as you turned around, there were people who were on the other side, they're looking through their breakthrough, and they found the path, they saw you, and they followed you through their breakthrough. They're, 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 they're a, you're in a breakdown right now, but people are watching, and people are looking for a breakthrough. They're not where you are right now, but God is going to use you to lead through people through. Only you can carry what you're carrying right now. I can get up here and say stuff, don't worry, it's going to be great. But at the end of the day, you're the one who's going to carry your cross. You're the one that's going to bear this. But when you begin to be led by His Spirit, when you begin to cut through, it's not easy. But when you go through the breakdown, when you get breakthrough, people who are going through the same thing begin to follow you through because you follow the Holy Spirit. That when you are led by His Spirit, that you help others find their way through too. We're not meant to do life alone. We're better together. The struggles you're going through right now will, will help the next generation, generation begin to build their life upon your shoulders, upon your hard work. You feel like you've been cutting through, but you're doing it for the next to follow, for the next to follow, for the next to follow. And there's, you know the way through because you, Jesus knows the way through and you just followed Him. But are you willing to be uncomfortable? Are you, are you willing to get out of that comfort zone, off that couch, and know the comforter when his hand is upon your hand. Let me tell you something. When you come to know Jesus for the very first time, you come as you are. Warts and all. No hair, hair, you come. Your marriage is a mess, come. Your children are, are things are going, come. Your finances, come. You're struggling with addictions, come. Come as you are. But let me tell you something. The Holy, Holy Spirit loves you too much. He loves you too much for you to stay as you are. And so He comes in as the conviction of sin. He comes in and begins to break down so you can get your breakthrough.
He loves you too much for you to stay where you are right now. And he brings breakdown in your life so you can experience a breakthrough. Because when we are weak, he is strong. When my faith feels like giving up, it's not based upon my feelings, but upon the word of God, that your hand is with my hand. And I'm going I'm to keep going even when I feel like giving up. Because my breakthrough is just on the other side. And I ain't going to stop until I get through. Because I'm not alone.